Chapter 7, Part 2 of A History of the Philippines. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A History of the Philippines by David Barrows. Chapter 7, Part 2 Beginning of a New Period of Conquest. In the spring of 1576, Salcedo died at Bigan, at the age of twenty seven. With his death may be said to close the first period of the history in the Philippines, that of the conquest, extending from 1565 to 1576. For the next twenty-five years the ambitions of the Spaniards were not content with the exploration of this archipelago, but there were greater and more striking conquests, to which the minds of both soldier and priest aspired. Despite the settlement with Portugal, the rich spice islands to the south still attracted them, and there were soon revealed the fertile coasts of Siam and Cambodia, the great empire of China, the beautiful island of Formosa, and the Japanese archipelago. These, with their great populations and wealth, were more alluring fields than the poor and sparsely populated coasts of the Philippines. So, for the next quarter of a century, the policy of the Spaniards in the Philippines was not so much to develop these islands themselves as to make them a center for the commercial and spiritual conquest of the Orient. A treaty with the Chinese. The new governor arrived in the islands in August 1575. He was Dr. Francisco de Sande. In October there returned the ambassadors who had been sent to China by La Becerres. The viceroy of Fukien had received them with much ceremony. He had not permitted the friars to remain, but had forwarded the governor's letter to the Chinese emperor. In February following came a Chinese embassy granting a port of the empire with which the Spaniards could trade. This port, probably, was Amoy, which continued to be the chief port of communication with China to the present day. It was undoubtedly commerce, and not the missionaries, that the Chinese desired. Two Augustinians attempted to return with this embassy to China, but the Chinese, on leaving the harbor of Manila, landed on the coast of Zambales, where they whipped the missionaries, killed their servants and interpreter, and left the friars bound to trees, whence they were rescued by a small party of Spaniards who happened to pass that way. Sir Francis Drake's noted voyage. The year 1577 is notable for the appearance in the east of the great English sea captain, freebooter, and naval hero Francis Drake. England and Spain, at this moment, while not actually at war, were rapidly approaching the conflict which made them for centuries traditional enemies. Spain was the champion of Roman ecclesiasticism. Her king, Philip II, was not only a cruel bigot, but a politician of sweeping ambition. His schemes included the conquest of France and England, the extermination of Protestantism, and the subjection of Europe to his own and the Roman authority. The English people scented the danger from afar, and while the two courts nominally maintained peace, the daring seamen of British Devon were quietly putting to sea in their swift and terrible vessels for the crippling of the Spanish power. The history of naval warfare records no more reckless adventures than those of the English mariners during this period. Audacity could not rise higher. Drake's is the most famous and romantic figure of them all. In the year 1577 he sailed from England with the avowed purpose of sweeping the Spanish main. He passed the Straits of Magellan and came up the western coast of South America, despoiling the Spanish shipping from Valparaiso to Panama. Thence he came on across the Pacific touched the coast of Mindanao, and turned south to the Moluccas. 
the portuguese had nominally annexed the moluccas in fifteen twenty two but at the time of drake's visit they had been driven from ternate though still holding tidor drake entered into friendly relations with the sultan of ternate and secured a cargo of clothes from here he sailed boldly homeward daring the portuguese fleets as he had defied the spanish and by way of good hope returned to england his ship the first after magellan's to circumnavigate the globe a spanish expedition to borneo the appearance of drake in the moluccas roused sande to ambitious action the attraction of the southern archipelagos was overpowering and at this moment the opportunity seemed to open to the governor to force southward his power one of the malay kings of borneo Zirela, arrived in manila petitioning aid against his brother and promising to acknowledge the sovereignty of the king of spain over the kingdom of borneo sande went in person to restore this chieftain to power he had a fleet of galleys and frigates and according to padre gaspar de san agustin more than fifteen hundred filipino bowmen from pangasinan cagayan and the bisayas accompanied the expedition he landed on the coast of borneo destroyed the fleet of praz and the city of the usurper and endeavored to secure circla in his principality sickness among his fleet and the lack of provisions forced him to return to manila the first attack upon the moros of holo on his return he sent an officer against the island of holo this officer forced the holoanos to recognize his power and from there he passed to the island of mindanao where he further enforced obedience upon the natives this was the beginning of the spanish expeditions against the moros and it had the effect of arousing in these mohammedan pirates terrible retaliatory vengeance under sande the conquest of the camarines was completed by captain juan chavos and the city of nueva caceres was founded the appointment of governor ronquillo it was the uniform policy of the spanish government to limit the term of office of the governor to a short period of years this was one of the feudal provisions by which spain attempted to control both the ambition and the avarice of her colonial captains but don gonzalo ronquillo had granted to him the governorship of the philippines for life on the condition of his raising and equipping a force of six hundred spaniards largely at his own expense for the better protection and pacification of the archipelago this ronquillo did bringing his expedition by way of panama he arrived in april fifteen eighty and although he died at the end of three years his rule came at an important time the spanish and the portuguese colonies combined in fifteen eighty philip the second conquered and annexed to spain the kingdom of portugal and with portugal came necessarily to the spanish crown those rich eastern colonies which the valor of da gama and albuquerque had won portugal rewon her independence in sixteen forty but for years manila was the centre of a colonial empire extending from goa in india to formosa events of ronquillo's rule ronquillo under orders from the crown entered into correspondence with the captain of the portuguese fortress on the island of tidor and the captain of tidor petitioned ronquillo for assistance in reconquering the tempting island of ternate ronquillo sent south a considerable expedition but after arriving in the moluccas the disease of beriberi in the spanish camp defeated the undertaking ronquillo also sent a small armada to the coasts of borneo and malaysia where a limited amount of pepper was obtained the few years of ronquillo's reign were in other ways important a colony of spaniards was established at oton on the island of panay near the site of the present city of 
Iloilo. And under Ronquillo was pacified for the first time the great valley of the Cagayan. At the mouth of the river, a Japanese adventurer, Tefusa, or Tezufu, had established himself and was attempting the subjugation of this important part of northern Luzon. Ronquillo sent against him Captain Carreon, who expelled the intruder and established on the present site of La Loque, the city of Nueva Segovia. Two friars accompanied this expedition, and the occupation of this valley by the Spaniards was made permanent. The First Conflicts Between the Church and the State In March 1581, there arrived the first bishop of Manila, Domingo de Salazar. Almost immediately began those conflicts between the spiritual and civil authorities, and between bishop and the regular orders, which have filled to no small degree the history of the islands. The bishop was one of those authoritative, ambitious, and arrogant characters, so typical in the history of the church. It was largely due to his protests against the autocratic power of the governor that the king was induced to appoint the first audiencia. The character and power of these courts have already been explained. The president and judges arrived the year following the death of Ronquillo, and the president, Dr. Santiago de Vera, became acting governor during the succeeding five years. In 1587, the first Dominicans, fifteen in number, arrived, and founded their celebrated mission, La Provincia del Santísimo Rosario. La Provincia del Santísimo Rosario. Increasing Strength of the Malays. De Vera continued the policy of his predecessors, and another fruitless attack was made on Ternate in 1585. The power of the Malay people was increasing, while that of the Europeans was decreasing. The sultans had expelled their foreign masters, and neither Spaniard nor Portuguese were able to effect the conquest of the Malucas. There were uprising of the natives in Manila and in Cagayan and Ilocos. The Decree of 1589 Affairs in the islands did not yet, however, suit Bishop Salazar, and as the representative of both governor and bishop, the Jesuit Alonso Sanchez was dispatched in 1586 to lay the needs of the colony before the king. Philip was apparently impressed with the necessity of putting the government of the islands upon a better administrative basis. To this end, he published the important decree of 1589. The governor now became a paid officer of the crown, at a salary of 10,000 ducats. For the proper protection of the colony and the conquest of the Moluccas, a regular force of 400 soldiers accompanied the governor. His powers were extended to those of an actual vice-regent of the king, and the audiencia was abolished. The man selected to occupy this important post was Don Gomez Perez de Marinas, who arrived with the new constitution in May 1590. So great was the chagrin of the bishop at the abolition of the audiencia and the increase of the governor's power that he himself set out for Spain to lay his wishes before the court. The Missionary Efforts of the Friars Twenty-four Franciscans came with Dasmariñas, and the presence now of three orders necessitated the partition of the islands among them. The keenest rivalry and jealousy existed among them over the prosecution of missions in still more foreign lands. To the missionaries of this age it seemed a possible thing to convert the great and conservative nations of China and Japan to the Western religion. In the month of Dasmariñas' arrival, a company of Dominicans attempted to found a mission in China, and an embassy coming from Japan to demand vassalage from the Philippines, four of the newly arrived Franciscans accompanied the Japanese on their return. 
a year later in fifteen ninety two another embassy from the king of cambodia arrived bringing gifts that included two elephants and petitioning for succor against the king of siam this was the beginning of an alliance between cambodia and the philippines which lasted for many years and which occasioned frequent military aid and many efforts to convert that country death of dasmarinas but the center of dasmarinas ambitions was the effective conquest of the east indies and the extension of spanish power and his own rule through the moluccas with this end in view for three years he made preparations for months the shores were lined with the yards of the shipbuilders and the great forests of bulacan fell before the axes of the indians more than two hundred vessels galeras calcotas and virayas were built and assembled at cavite in the fall of fifteen ninety three the expedition consisting of over nine hundred spaniards filipino bowmen and rowers was ready many of the filipinos procured to row these boats were said to have been slaves purchased through the indian chiefs by the spanish encomenderos the governor sent forward this great fleet under the command of his son don luis and in the month of october he himself set sail in a galley with chinese rowers but on the night of the second day while off the island of maricaban the chinese oarsmen rose against the spaniards of whom there were about forty on the ship and killed almost the entire number including the governor they then escaped in the boat to the ilocos coast and thence to china the murder of this active and illustrious general was a decisive blow to the ambitious projects for the conquest of the east indies among other papers which dasmarinas brought from spain was a royal cedula giving him power to nominate his successor who proved to be his son don luis who after some difficulty succeeded temporarily to his father's position arrival of morga in june fifteen ninety five there arrived don antonio de morga who had been appointed lieutenant governor with judicial powers in cases of appeal with morga came several jesuit missionaries he was also the bearer of an order granting to the jesuits the exclusive privilege of conducting missions in china and japan the other orders were forbidden to pass outside the islands an attempt to colonize mindanao in the year fifteen ninety six the captain rodriguez de figueroa received the title of governor of mindanao with exclusive right to colonize the island for the space of two lives he left iloilo in april with two hundred fourteen spaniards two jesuit priests and many natives they landed in the rio grande of mindanao where the defiant dato silonga fortified himself and resisted them almost immediately figueroa rashly ventured on shore and was killed by moros reinforcements were sent under don juan ronquillo who after nearly bringing the datos to submission abandoned all he had gained the spaniards burned their forts on the rio grande and retired to caldera near zamboanga where they built a presidio death of franciscans in japan the new governor don francisco teo de guzman arrived on june first fifteen ninety six he had previously been treasurer of the casa de contratacion in seville soon after his arrival an important and serious tragedy occurred in japan the ship for acapulco went ashore on the japanese coast and its rich cargo was seized by the feudal prince where the vessel sought assistance the franciscans already had missions in these islands and a quarrel existed between them and the portuguese jesuits over this missionary field the latter succeeded in prejudicing the japanese court against their rivals and when the franciscans injudiciously pressed for the return of the property of the wrecked galleon 
the feudal ruler greedy for the rich plunder and exasperated by their preaching met their petitions with the sentence of death they were horribly crucified at the port of nagasaki february fifth fifteen ninety seven this feudal lord was the proud and mighty hideyoshi he was planning the conquest of the philippines themselves when death ended his plans the first archbishop in the philippines meanwhile the efforts of salazar at the spanish court had effected further important changes for the islands the re-establishment of the royal audiencia was ordered and his own position was elevated to that of archbishop with the three episcopal sects of ilocos cebu and the camarines he did not live to assume this office and the first archbishop of the philippines was ignacio santibanez who also died three months after his arrival on may twenty eighth fifteen ninety eight re-establishment of the audiencia the audiencia was re-established with great pomp and ceremony the royal seal was borne on a magnificently caparisoned horse to the cathedral where a te deum was chanted and then to the casas reales where was inaugurated the famous court that continued without interruption down to the end of spanish rule dr morga was one of the first oidores and the earliest judicial record which can now be found in the archives of this court is a sentence bearing his signature the rise of moro piracy the last years of de guzman's governorship were filled with troubles ominous for the future of the islands the presidio of caldera was destroyed by the moros following this victory in the year fifteen ninety nine the moros of holo and magindanao equipped a piratical fleet of fifty caracoas and swept the coasts of the bisayas cebu negros and panay were ravaged their towns burned and their inhabitants carried off as slaves the following year saw the return of a larger and still more dreadful expedition the people of Panay abandoned their towns and fled into the mountains, under the belief that these terrible attacks had been inspired by the Spaniards. To check these pirates, Juan Gallinato, with a force of two hundred Spaniards, was sent against Holo, but, like so many expeditions that followed his, he accomplished nothing. The inability of the Spaniards was now revealed, and the era of moral piracy had, had begun. From this time until the present day, about the year 1800, wrote zuniga these moros have not ceased to infest our colonies innumerable are the indians they have captured the towns they have looted the rancherias they have destroyed the vessels they have taken it seems as if god has preserved them for vengeance on the spaniards that they have not been able to subject them in two hundred years in spite of the expeditions sent against them the armaments sent almost every year to pursue them in a very little while we conquered all the islands of the philippines but the little island of holo a part of mindanao and other islands near by we have not been able to subjugate to this day battle at mariveles with the dutch in october sixteen hundred two dutch vessels appeared in the islands it was the famous expedition of the dutch admiral van noort they had come through the straits of magellan on a voyage round the world the dutch were in great need of provisions as they were in their great enemy's colony they captured and sunk several boats spanish and chinese bound for manila with rice poultry palm wine and other stores of food at mariveles a japanese vessel from japan was overhauled meanwhile in manila great excitement and activity prevailed the spaniards fitted up two galleons in the oidor morga 
himself took command with a large crew of fighting men on december fourteenth they attacked the dutch whose crews had been reduced to no more than eighty men on both ships the vessel commanded by moria ran down the flagship of van nort and for hours the ships lay side by side with a hand-to-hand fight raged on the deck and in the hold the ships taking fire morga disengaged his ship which was so badly shattered that it sank with great loss of life but morga and some others reached the little island of fortuna van nort was able to extinguish the fire on his vessel and escape from the islands he eventually reached holland his smaller vessel was captured with his crew of thirteen men and six boys the men were hanged at cavite other troubles of the spanish in the year sixteen hundred two ships sailed for acapulco but one went down off the cantan duanes and the other was wrecked on the ladrones on top of all other misfortunes manila suffered in the last months of this government a terrible earthquake which destroyed many houses and the church of the jesuits the moros the dutch anxieties and losses by sea the visitations of god how much of the history of the seventeenth century in the philippines is filled with these four things end of chapter seven part two